may be seated. If you were to look at Acts chapter number 1 and begin to read through it, <coughs> the writer Luke said, he said, Theophilus, the former treatise have I made of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day, everybody say, until the day. Until the day that he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He said, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Didn't get up from that grave and just go on his merry way. But when he got up out of that grave, he said, I want to show you just how alive I am. He said, I'm going to prove to you that I am alive. I'm going to give you infallible proofs. No one's going to be able to dispute that I am, in fact, alive and well. He proved to them. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then after he'd spoken these things in verse 9. While they beheld he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said ye men of Galilee. Why stand ye here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus. <laughs> this same Jesus. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I want to declare to you that the same Jesus that went up is the same Jesus that's coming back down. said the same Jesus that went up is the same Jesus that's getting ready to come back down in this room today. Hallelujah. I'm trying to read my scripture. Let me, let me just read scripture. I'm, I'm preaching while I'm reading scripture. Help me, Lord. And they returned unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. Somebody shout one accord. Somebody shout one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set up on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my subject to you today is Pentecost then, is Pentecost now. The same Pentecost that was then is the same Pentecost that is here right now. It has not changed. Pentecost hasn't changed. You might have changed. And what you do may have changed. But Pentecost is still the same. Pentecost has not stopped. Pentecost has not suffered. Pentecost is alive and it is well. Well, I see y'all helping me today. Praise the Lord. I told my wife as I was studying yesterday, I said, I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to hurt some feelings, and, and I'm probably going to offend some folks. And, I, and I, it is all right. I decided it is okay. I'm not out to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to offend you, but I am trying to preach the Word of God because I am determined that in this church we will not lose what they had. We will not not have the same thing that that early church had. If it was good enough for that church, it's good enough for this church. I thank God for all the extra stuff we've got they didn't have. I thank God for your padded seats today. I thank God for air conditioning today. I thank God for the lights. I thank God for the sound, the equipment. I thank God for all of that, but I don't have to have a single bit of it in order to have a move of God. I don't have to have one little bit of it in order for God to get to moving in this house. The same Pentecost they had in an upper room is the same Pentecost that I can have now. Thank you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The disciples, all of those that were followers of Jesus, find themselves living now in a new reality. He had died. He had been buried in a borrowed tomb. And he had risen from the grave. Then he taught them. He spent 40 days with them saying, before he got to the point where he said that now it is time for him to go. So they follow him up to the mountain of olives. And they get up on that mountain and he gives them a few more words. And as they watch, Jesus all of a sudden begins to ascend into heaven. He begins to leave them. He is no longer with them as he has been with them. He's always been with them in body and in flesh. But no longer is he going to be with them in body and in flesh. I submit to you, they felt the void of his absence. The healer had gone. The miracle worker had gone. The way maker had gone. No longer was the peace speaker with them. They had observed as he went into the heavens. They had watched him depart from them. And all they had to go on was a vague commandment that they were to return to Jerusalem until such time as they would be endued with power from on high. That sounds okay until you are the one that has to wait. And wait. And wait. And wait. I wonder if there's anybody in this room that's ever had to wait on God. 
wonder if there's anybody in this room that ever said, I have a promise from the Lord, but I don't see it coming to pass right now. I've got a promise from God, and yet I, I cannot tangibly hold it in my hands yet. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why the fullness of my promise has not come. And all I can do is wait and wait and wait and wait, but let me remind you what the prophet Isaiah said. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. If you will wait, you will make it. So they waited, and they waited, and they waited. And your family's looking at you and they're saying, where is Bartholomew? Where is uh, John and Peter and James? And where are all these apostles? And where is all of these disciples and followers of the Lord? Above 500 that he gave that command to, to go to Jerusalem and wait. Where are they? Are they still over there holding out for that promise? Hasn't it been over a few days now? Hasn't it been over a week now? Don't you think it's time that they give that up? Don't you think it's time they come to terms with the fact that it's over and they ought to go home and just begin to live life as they did before? Don't you think they should just hang it all up, give it up, and go back to what they were before all of this happens? Sometimes we're not ready for what lies before us. Sometimes it seems to be a journey that we're unable to make. Sometimes the waiting seems to be more than we can endure. And it is then that you and I must make a decision on whether we will go tarry in a spiritless room or whether we will go back to life as before. You can go tarry in a Listen to me, a spiritless upper room. Or you can go back to your life as before. The difference is, one of those has no promise attached to it. If you go back to what you were before, there is no promise associated with that. But if I go wait in that spiritless upper room, there is a promise. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how it's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like when it comes. All I know is that Jesus told me if I would wait, he would send it. We need to remember what life was like before Jesus. Before Jesus, we were of all men most miserable. We were lost. We were undone. We were without hope. We were forging alone in the darkness without any spiritual compass to help us find our way. But then, I remember that day, there was a light that shone in the darkness. There was a voice that called out from the mist. And we found in him our hope. I found in him my joy. I found in him my direction. I found in him my all in all. I found in him a will in the middle of a will. I found in him the author. I found in him the finisher. I found in him everything I'd ever needed. Clap your hands and shout for the voice of child.
Y'all are going to have to probably give me a little bit more monitor up here. I've, I'm sorry, I don't normally do that, but I've been losing my voice for two weeks. Y'all are going to help me preach today. Amen. Amen. Without Him, I had nothing of worth. But with Him, everything began to take on a new value. <laughs> Without Him, nothing I had was worth anything. Without Him, it was wood, hay, and stubble. Without Him, it was all something that was going to burn up one of these days. But when I got a hold of Him, I got a hold of the eternal. When I got a hold of Him, I got a hold of something that connected me from this world to that world. And when He calls for His church to come, I'm going to leave this world. And I'm going to that world whose builder and maker is God. You better believe I'm glad for where I came from. Well, you say, oh, but you grew up in this. Oh, I grew up in this. But I had to get it for myself. I had to get this for myself. And we've got too many Pentecostals. Now get ready, get ready, get ready. We've got too many Pentecostals. You're trying to get by on somebody else. You're trying to get up by on somebody else's worship. You're trying to get by on somebody else's praise. You're trying to get by on somebody else's prayers. But you ain't going to make it if you don't decide. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. And I'm going to hit my knees and call on the name of the Lord. What I have now has value. What I am now has value. But if I'm going to receive that promise, I've got to obey his command. Above 500 saw him ascend. Above 500 saw him go up. Above 500 heard him say, go tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes upon you. But only 120 were still there 10 days later. Only 120 decided to wait. 380 said, this is too much for me. And if I take that at face value, let, it, let me just tell you what it tells this pastor. If I take it at face value, that tells this pastor, most of the church is just along for the ride as long as they can get by. But as soon as times get tough, they're going to hit the door, Brother James Rodney. As soon as times get difficult, they're going to hit the door. They're going to be gone. You won't see them again. You might see them on Christmas. You might see them on Easter. But let things get tough, they're going to hit the door. But I believe I'm preaching to 120 in this room today that said if God said wait I will go wait if God said hold on I'm going to hold on if God said there's a promise waiting for me then I'm not going to quit till I get my promise it makes the devil mad when we receive this gift of God the devil does fight us tooth and nail the devil does hate you the devil does hate me. The devil hates everything we're about. The devil hates everything this church stands for. The devil hates what's happening in this church right now. The devil hates I'm preaching like I'm preaching right now. The devil wishes I'd preach and let you sit back and just get comfortable. And you sit there and just feel like everything's okay. But God said, preach, preacher, preach. God said, tell them one more time that I'm looking for a committed people. I'm looking for 120 people. I'm looking for 120 people who will go to that upper room and they will not leave until they get what I promised them. <laughs> the devil's fighting us. Brother Jimmy taught a lesson last Sunday. It stuck with me. And I, when I followed him after he had taught, I, I said something that had stuck out to me. And 
I want to go back to it right now. If we are not careful, the enemy will try to set the terms of the battle that we are in. The devil will try to tell you how to fight. The devil will try to tell you when to fight. The devil will try to tell you uh, the weapons you're going to have to use to fight. And the thing he does is he tries to get you to use weapons that are carnal. He tries to get you to do what you can do. He tries to get you to do what, what is in your strength. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not like any other weapons. I don't have what the U.S. Army has. I don't have what the Navy or the Marines have. I've got something from another world. I've got prayer. I've got the blood. I've got the name. <laughs> I said, I've got prayer. I've got the blood. I've got the name. I can call on him and he will hear. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when he, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And I've seen too many Pentecostals, and I'm preaching to Pentecostals today. I've seen too many Pentecostals who have given in to his demands. They sit like Israel did in the valley of Elah when Goliath came to them. Goliath said, send me a man that we may fight. You know what they should have done? You know what somebody should have done? Saul should have jumped up and said, I don't care what you say. Load up, boys. Let's go. Saul should have told him, here we go. And they should have jumped up. They should have gone after Goliath. They should have gone after the rest of the Philistines and given it everything they had. Because I don't have to listen to what the devil tells me. And I don't have to fight the way the devil tells me. But here they all sat back on the other side of the valley of Elah. Goliath saying, send me a man. And they just sit there shivering. And they just sit there waiting for somebody who doesn't have any sense in their head to get up and give it a shot. And here they are. And they're just trying to get by and just hoping, hoping, hoping. Maybe they'll get tired and go home. And then David pulled up. David said, what's going on? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is that he would defy the armies of the Lord of Israel? Who in the world is? That's Goliath. Don't you know who that is? I don't really care who that is. I'm going to go get five smooth stones. I'm going to go face him. If you won't, I will. Because I've got faith in a God who delivered me out of the hand of the lion. He delivered me out of the hand of the bear. And he will deliver me out of the hand of this giant as well. And David goes, and David doesn't care what Goliath wants to do. You can come at me with a spear. You can come at me with a sword. You can come at me with your taunts. You can make fun of me. You can tell me you're going to feed me to the fowls of the air. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Whether you like it or not, here I come. All right, y'all, I'm going to preach today. I'm out. My original title was going to be Ready or Not, Here I Come. Did I tell you that? 
I've been, praying, I've been planning to preach like a house on fire today, okay? I was going to preach ready or not. Here I come. You can call it that. You can call it this. I don't care. But I'm telling you one thing. I'm not waiting one more day on the devil. I'm not waiting one more time for him to come out and tell me what he's going to do. I made up my mind. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm going to get in the battle. I've got a word for you, devil. You can come at me with whatever you want to come at. But my God will make me victorious. My God will make me victorious. Well, I feel like I'm preaching real good to about one or two rows and about that way. I wish I could get the whole church involved in what I'm saying today. I wish everybody believed what I was preaching right now. You can get upset at me if you want, but I came to tell you, this is no time for you to sit back in the valley of Elah. It's a time for you to get up and run to the giant. I can't understand. You may be seated. It's about to get, it's about to get tough in here, y'all. I can't understand how some of us call ourselves Pentecostal. You're no more Pentecostal than the man in the moon. Some of us wouldn't know Pentecost if it blew into this room with flames of fire like it did on the day of Pentecost. And I'm not convinced that all of us even want it either. No passion in worship. Won't stand, won't clap, won't shout, won't come to the front, won't dance, won't glorify God. Yet you'll mourn the absence of the very things you refused to do and you decided to live with memories of Pentecost. But I made up my mind I was going to live in Pentecost now. You talk about what used to be You talk about how it used to be I'm ready to talk about how it is I wish somebody danced right now I wish somebody shout right now Well, I don't feel nothing. You ain't going to feel nothing either. And it's not my fault. It's not this pulpit's fault. It's not this praise team's fault. It's your fault. You need to make up your mind. I'm going to the upper room. You need to make up your mind. I'm on my way to the house of God. What is the house of God to you? Is it some place you just come to relax? And is it some place you just come to hang out? Is it just some place of fellowship? No. It's the place where we meet God. It's the place we come with shouting in our I can hear the I can hear the psalmist say, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I've made up my mind to experience Pentecost now. I've made up my mind my kids are going to experience Pentecost now. I'm not, come here, Asher. Asher, I'm not just going to tell you about how Pentecost used to be. And I love you too much to talk to you about how we used to have church. I love you too much to tell you about the way God used to move. I'm going to show you how God will move right now. All right? 
You're not gonna have to. You're not gonna have to tell stories about what your dad said used to happen. You're gonna tell your own stories. You're gonna say, "I was there on that Sunday. Dad about ran half the church off. Dad preached so hard, about half the church decided to leave. But I remember the presence of God moving into that room." Asher, we're not gonna talk about dancing. Asher, you and me are gonna dance together. You and me are gonna shout together. I remember when people used to dance, shout, praise God. Well, why don't you show us what it looks like? There's too many hungry people looking for Pentecost for you to take up space in this church and not contribute to the kingdom of God. If you don't want it, somebody else does. We don't have a lot of room in here. So if you don't want Pentecost, give up your chair to somebody who does. Give up your place to somebody who does. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'll either preach you to your feet. You can be seated. I'll either preach you to your feet or I'll preach you out the door. But I refuse to allow this church to become Laodicea. You think you're warm, but you're cold. You think you're fed, but you're hungry. You think you're clothed, but you're naked. And you can think it all you want. But the Lord spoke to this pastor. You can disagree with me if you want. But I'm telling you, God said, you tell my people, if they don't get after it, I don't see them as anything other than Laodicea. And I refuse to let that happen in this church. I say, ready or not, here I come. I'm on my way to the place of outpouring. I'm on my way to the place where the shaking happens. I'm ready to hear the wind and feel the fire. Yeah, I've been knocked down. Yeah, I've been beaten too. Yeah, I've been where you've been. And, and I'll be where you are. And we'll keep going in and out of that cycle as long as I live. I'll be in and out of that cycle. <laughs> as long as I live, there's going to be some days don't feel too good. As long as I live, there's going to be some days I don't feel like I'm able to touch God. As long as I live, there's going to be days of frustration. As long as I live, there's going to be days where I don't get the answer I wanted to get. And you're going to have the same thing. Yep, all that's going to happen. But I'm telling you, ready or not, here I come. I'm tired of allowing the enemy to set the terms and me just follow him. I came to do what God told me to do because I have a promise to receive if I will do what God told me to do. So don't be knocked down. Don't be beaten into silence. Don't be half backslidden. Don't be cold in your spirit. Don't be unfaithful to the house of God like you need to be. Don't be uninvolved. Don't be negative. Don't speak, don't speak bitter waters. Bitter and sweet can't, can't come out of the same fountain. Paul and Silas had been beaten. They'd been broken. But in their dilemma, it was as if they couldn't help but try to make the devil mad. They could have just shut their mouths and tried to say, you know what, the devil got us good this time. I think I'll just leave well enough alone. They could have just, just sat back, but instead it's almost like they wanted to get the devil upset. So they prayed and sang praises when many of us would have laid and cried pity. They prayed and sang praises. 
here came a shaking. God said, that's my kind of people right there. It don't take all that stuff you're doing. Well, it may not take all this stuff that I'm doing, but I will tell you, God loves this stuff I'm doing. And God likes to come into the middle of an atmosphere like that. Paul and Silas could, they could, have just sat back and said, oh my, oh my. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lowering the, the reverence for the name. I'm telling what some of us do. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They could have done that. They could have, they could have just been a little defensive, but they went on the offense. They said, in the name of Jesus, I don't have to accept this. I don't have to accept this. God, you've got plans for us. God, our ministry is not over yet. God, you've got things for us to do. There's a church in this city, God. We're going to build a church here, Lord. And they, could, they began to pray. And then they began to sing praises. And the wilder they got, the wilder God got. Yeah, we're a little wild in here this morning, but that's okay. God's going to outdo it all here in just a minute. You get a little crazy, watch God show out. Gideon got tired of being told this is how you have to live. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. He should have been up on top of the mountain threshing that wheat where the wind would come blow the chaff away. He should have been on top of the mountain. But instead he was down in the wine press. He's threshing wheat. He's hiding because he knows if the enemy finds out what he's doing, they'll just come in and take it like they've done every other time. You know what he had done? He had resigned himself that this was how it had to be. But the Lord came and said, I got a message for you. He sent the angel of the Lord to him. He said, I got a message for you, Gideon. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon had to do a double take. Me? I'm threshing wheat in the wine press. I don't even have enough confidence to get on top of the mountain. I'm a mighty man of valor. Yes, you're a mighty man of valor, Gideon. He had to convince him he was a mighty man of valor. He had to, he had to turn stones into bread. He had, to, he had to mess with the fleece twice. Finally, after all that, Gideon said, Well, maybe God's trying to speak to me. I hope you're in here saying, that Maybe God's trying to speak to me. Because I'm trying to do everything I can. I've been preaching like I've been preaching because I want to wake this church up. This is a good church. This is a very good church. I'm not saying it's not a good church. I'm saying it could be a greater church. And I refuse to settle for the status quo. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what you're used to. But you're going to be in this church. You need to hear this pastor. And I'm saying we need to have praise in our hands. We need to have praise in our mouth. We need to have dancing in our feet. We need to be willing to give God the things that he is worthy of. Brother Bill, come, come give them a little hope right now. You can be seated. Not too much hope. If I'd have said you can remain standing, that would have been a lot of hope. You can go ahead and stand with me. You help me preach better every time you're here. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. Listen to what I'm saying. You will serve whatever you submit to. And you will only have, this, I, this is my whole message really right here. You will only have whatever the one you're submitted to allows you to have. 
And the reason some folks have lost their joy and their peace and their desire to live for God is because they have ceased to submit to God. And you can't have what he offers until you decide you will submit to him. And there's too many people, they traded all of that good stuff for worry and pain and fear and separation from the comfort of God because what you get is completely predicated upon who or what you submit to. And some of you have submitted to the way the enemy says it has to be. Some of you have submitted to what the devil says. And the devil said, he don't allow no joy around here. <laughs> devil don't allow no joy around here. But I'm preaching to get you to say, but we don't care what the devil don't allow. We're going to have joy anyhow. We don't care that the devil don't allow no joy around here. And the devil said, that the devil don't allow no shouting around here. The devil don't allow no shouting around here. But would you please get up and say that we don't care what the devil don't allow. We're going to shout anyhow. Devil don't allow no shouting around here. And the devil don't allow no praising around here. The devil don't allow no praising around here. Hey, devil! Hey, devil! I used to be on the other side of the valley. But I'm running to you. All I have is five smooth stones. But it's enough because I don't care what the devil don't allow. I'm going to praise God anyhow. So you can be upset at me today. Some of you probably are. I hope you're either, I, I hope you're one thing or another. I hope you either love me or you're fed up with me. Because I didn't come to leave you sitting on the fence. And I'm, I do feel good. I feel good. I feel my help. I feel I'm in the will of God preaching like I'm... Pre but I am not trying to be smart aleck. I'm really not. I'm not trying to be smart aleck. I'm not trying to be hurtful. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings on purpose. But I have come to provoke you. And you, you got a problem. I've, I'm gonna, I'll go back and listen to this message if I have to. But right now on this side of it, I'm going to say you have to take it up with him. Because I'm preaching what's been coming from him. So you got a problem, you take it up with him. But this church is a glorious church. This church is a praising church. We're not going to sit back and listen to what the devil says. When somebody gets in this pulpit and they preach as good, you need to get up on your feet and let them know they're preaching good. Somebody's singing good, get on your feet and let them know they're singing good. Somebody's singing bad, somebody's preaching bad, get up on your feet 
Make them think they're preaching good. Make them think they're singing good. Thank you, babe. You ought to help me preach this. Doesn't matter. We are the people of God. And Pentecost then is Pentecost now. If they had it then, we can have it now. Don't get upset over who doesn't want to do it. 380 left Jesus and didn't go get it. I'm, I'm certainly not as good as Jesus at getting people to follow what I have to say. So if 380 out of 500 left him, then I feel pretty good what we got up on our feet in this room today. I feel good about it. I'm going to tell you right now. We need to make up our minds that we're going to have what they had. Our kids are going to have what they had. This church is going to carry on what they carried. <laughs> so I am done preaching. I don't have another word to say other than that I wish you'd step out from where you are and get a hold of this Pentecost. <laughs>